Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Western Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Meister. With me is my co-host, Cobalt. We are into the most anticipated episode of the offseason, especially for me. I'd, I'd hope that Cobalt thinks the same as well. It's power rankings time. We've talked about all the teams. We've talked about the changes to both leagues, LCS and LEC. All 18 teams have been broken down, and now it's time to show where we think each team will stack up in their respective regions. But before we get into that, Cobalt, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I, I fully agree that this is going to be a fun episode because this is kind of where we pull it, put it all on the line, put our thoughts out there to be scrutinized, and I'm sure we'll have some banter between us two about what we got right, what we got wrong. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly from the very first episodes that we did uh, last year regarding, you know, the power rankings and such, I, at least to me, I think this is going to kind of end up pretty similarly. Like, I feel like I had the same kind of sentiments, LEC, except for, I believe, uh, the obvious team. I won't say it just for, you know, the sake of it not saying it, but for the, except for the obvious team, I feel like the LEC is going to be very, very crazy and unpredictable. I feel like there's a lot of teams that could have title shots if the, if the things fall in their favor. Whereas with the LCS, it's not quite as, you know, hectic. I feel like it's definitely more cut and dry, where you can kind of at least narrow teams down to maybe a couple of spots, whereas I feel like there could really be a lot of fluctuating in the LEC standings over the course of not just the winter split, but I'd assume over the course of the whole season as well, because a lot of changes and stuff can happen if these teams panic over the winter. Absolutely. I think that LEC is the one that will probably have the more surprising result. And even if you look back at last year, I think of the 10 teams in the league, Astralis was the only one unable to make it to the top four, which is kind of crazy, to be honest. So who knows what this year has in store? Yeah, that's a good stat. I actually, I actually didn't know that. Cause like I said, I never really got, I didn't get to watch a ton of LEC. So actually the fact that every team except Astralis made top four is even more crazy than, that, than I thought it, it even would have been. So great job to point that out. And that will get us going into these power rankings for this year. We started off with LCS breaking down the teams. We're going to reverse it and start with the LEC for the power rankings. So we're going to be hearing Blue's voice to be starting us off now for the LEC. Take it away, man. Alrighty, so to kind of give you perspective here on how I'm going to run this, I'm obviously going to still have my 10 through 1 system, just because that's the most fun. But I also wanted to organize it into tiers, and I've got four tiers set out between kind of what I think the teams can accomplish and acknowledge the fact that there could be a bit of movement within those tiers. So with that kind of uh, established, my very bottom tier, the C tier, uh, is one that I set out specifically uh, for the winter, at least, as the team that pretty much can only hope to upset. They really don't have a shot at the title. I don't think they have a shot at even doing, I don't know, breaking into the top half, things like that. This is the lowest of low confidence. And that for me is the Mad Lions, probably unsurprisingly, where they they literally only have rookies outside of Elioia. So as I mentioned in the previous episode, I think that placing too many expectations, whether good or bad, doesn't really matter, is just kind of toxic and unfair for this team. I think they need the time to develop, they need the time to grow, and it, it, it will take time is, is kind of the point. So for this first split, I think will be mostly about meshing for them. 
uh, and and it will take a bit of effort, a bit of growing pain, and things like that. That being said, I don't think that they're that likely to end exactly in tenth. I think that there is a chance they will move a couple spots. It's just that I want this team to to develop before anybody makes any unfair judgments. Is kind of where I put it. Yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty common sentiment, and it is, in, in my opinion, that is like a correct like opinion of this team. Uh, I have them down in tenth. Again, like almost all of them are rookies except for Alioya. I'm a bit skeptical on Alioya's personality in that role of being kind of like the leader for this team. I'd assume maybe someone else like Alvaro can maybe step up in the support role. It's a bit more common, you know, that those guys are going to be your leaders, either the jungle or the support. But I'd assume it would definitely fall on Alioya for the winter split at the very least because he is the only guy with LEC experience. And it's going to take them a lot of time to, like you said, mesh, gel, improve every single aspect of playing professional league of legends they're gonna have to work on so it really is kind of unfair to them you know to say put them anywhere else but 10th there is there is room for them to be better and surprised you know it's not like they are like you said like married to 10th but it's going to be like that with basically all these teams so there's always going to be room for fluctuation whether you're a team like mad lions or you're a team like g2 with with a roster that is really is really you know strong and solid and just completely well-rounded there's always going to be little things that can go wrong maybe you expect them to finish first but they finish second you know like stuff like that is going to happen so i think madden 10th is just the, by far the safest spot to put them but every team will have a little bit of wiggle room so and so the one bit of credit I will kind of give them is the fact that, as we mentioned in, again, the previous episodes, so go check that out if you haven't already, the, because they have three of their four player or three of their five players coming from Movie Star Riders, that is a bit of synergy pre-existing that will hopefully help them get started. Um, but again, this is all about integrating into a new level, a new stage, and, and that's kind of where this 10th place ranking comes from. Now, moving right along, the so C tier is kind of where I established just for MAD, and then B tier is where I put my teams that will probably be about the middle of the pack. I see some good potential in the rosters, but I don't see them winning the split, and that's kind of the characteristic for this tier. And I'm going to start it off in ninth place with Vitality, something that maybe a bit, might be a bit surprising, but a lot of my confidence comes from whether or not a team is a team. Like, yes, you can have individual talent and things like that, but at the end of the day, it's a five-man game, and you need to have all five of your players working together and being able to work towards a common goal. And I talked a lot about the fact that this team has a rough recipe. They have a mid laner that isn't likely going to be set up for success. Their top and bot are both going to be demanding resources, and because of that, I find it a little difficult to understand where the win condition is going to come from, apart from someone popping off especially hard and putting the team on their back. I don't think there's necessarily all that much coordination. So yes, they have Mac, and I think he is a valuable asset for sure. But at the same time, this is called Team Vitality. So when you kind of take all that into perspective... With how crazy the league is, I think their ceiling can go as high as third, honestly. But in in the world of my expectations, I need to put them at the bottom of B tier because having vit faith in Vitality is the equivalent of having faith in Gen G past quarterfinals. Except this team won't make quarterfinals or worlds, so there you go. 
So for my ninth place team, I ended up putting uh, Giants X. Now I, I I'll say just to clarify, I don't have tiers uh, like like Blue does. I just did it from ten to one, and then for LCS I did it from eight to one with no like real like tier system. But I like I said, I do have wiggle room kind of baked in a little bit for these teams. Just when I was just thinking about the ratings, I have Giants X in ninth. Like I said, I'm not expecting uh, much from Peach and Jackies, and I feel like that's my biggest reason for putting them down there. Uh, I know Peach had like a little bit of experience last year. I don't think it was like super impressive. And then Jackie is obviously going to be the guy that's standing out in this situation coming up from a tier three league in Croatia. And I talked about it in that last episode that we did where we talked about uh, this team and Jackie's. He, he looked really good in that league. His team also looked really good in that league, kind of similar to, I think, Movie Star Riders when we were talking about Mad Lions. Both of those teams are relatively strong in their leagues they're able to win the leagues do well in playoffs but when you're coming from that big of a gap like at least the the super league that movie star riders was in that's a, a bit more quality into it they got into a mia masters they took it to k corp in a decent series so there, there's at least reason to be like a bit more excited for those players even though the fact that there's going to be like four of them on a team is why they end up in 10th giants x it's just going to be this one guy but he is coming from even then another step down from the super league so that's that's my my big reasoning for it i think odawamne is still really good i have a lot of respect for him as a top lane player myself he's one of my favorite top laners just super stable and consistent i love his personality and i am a patrick fan as well but the thing that happens when you look at this team is there's no one really there again assuming like maybe jackie's or peach this is assuming jackie's and peach don't have like you know that 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 dog in them is that there's no guy that i think is really going to be able to be like a super high level reliable carry threat for this team and you kind of need that right like they i'd say their weakest players are definitely jungle and mid we all you know that that talking point i think blue especially likes to to talk about you know the jungle mid synergy i know you talked about that when we were talking about fanatic in the last episode why he's a little bit lower on like razork and humanoid as a pairing than some of the rest of uh, the people in the scene and people talking about them and I, I don't see that here as well. You got new players coming in and the quality should be lower. I don't see that happening. And then Patrick is probably your best player. And he does have Ignar with him, right? Ignar is a, is a good support. He should come into the league and, and be very good. But I just don't trust Patrick enough to be able to elevate a team like this, right? And, and, and that's the big thing, I think, when I look at teams is that do they have the players, the talent to, to elevate a roster and yes you know like teamwork and stuff is obviously super important we've seen that for example with nrg last year in the lcs having good teamwork and cohesion is is definitely definitely important it is it should not be disregarded um but at least for me especially for the lec it's hard to like you know gauge teamwork for you know like how well people will get along and just cohesion talking about like how they want to play the game I can't put as much emphasis on that personally for me because of me not being there and not knowing much about these players. You know, even I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to discredit Blue, but it's not, it's not like Blue knows a ton about these players either. We're just, you know, guys doing the podcast for it with our thoughts and opinions. You know, it's not like we're, we're in Berlin and talking with these guys, but he at least does have a bit more of a feel for them for, than me even because he watches the league 
you know, regularly. So hopefully I'll be able to, to get kind of into that tier this year. I'll be a bit more comfortable talking about, you know, cohesion and seeing how players get along and stuff like that. But for now, that's why I have Vitality up a little bit higher. I have Giants X down here. Maybe they can get along. Maybe they can have some sort of thing that, you know, meshes them really well. Apparently that was stuff going in with bringing in Jackies. Um, but I just don't see players that can elevate this team to even getting into like that that upper middle part of the table like Patrick is your best carry threat and he's just he's solid you know there's nothing wrong with being solid but on a team like this I think that's that's an issue so I have Giants X in ninth and I'm not even all that far off because I've got Giants X up in eighth place um the I I think that I just have a little bit more confidence in the synergy of this team than I do in Vitality and I, I do agree on the basis that the individual kind of aspects of this team are probably a bit lacking. And that's kind of why I have them this low as compared to any of the other above places. And I, I think that the main reason for that is the loss of Abadage, that he was the centerpiece for this uh, team when they were playing in the last summer. And regardless of how good Jackie's turns out to be, he's a rookie replacing your kingpin so you're blowing up the whole team dynamic and kind of setting it back into this chaotic state that i feel they were in at the beginning of last year where they they won't necessarily have as you mentioned that one guy that they can kind of consistently rely on and and so the the upgrade to support in ignar isn't necessarily going to outmatch the fact that they probably realistically downgraded their mid lane, at least for the beginning of this year. So I don't think that the team is going to put on an especially remarkable performance. The, they will need time to integrate Jackies, get him up to speed, and, and find where their win condition lies. And, and so that is kind of to their detriment, and that's why I have them down in eighth. So yeah, I mean, you, you, you can kind of see where we're coming from, you know, it's like, it's not like there's a big gap there. I don't quite have vitality yet, though, and again, this is probably part of where me not being as experienced with the LEC comes into play. I guess we'll see how Blue finishes out his rankings. I have BDS in 8th. And I feel really bad for having them this low, at least initially, again, kind of not knowing you know, a ton of the stuff going on around the scene. But I, I'm not a nuke believer still, even though I know he did have a better split, uh, I should say a better season, rather, but as, as a whole last year than his usual performances in, in the years prior. Same thing with Adam, right? Like, Adam is the, the star on this team, and that's what makes it so unique, is that you usually don't have, like, your top laner being your best player. Now, you could, you could call that a weakness, which is, I maybe I see that as a little bit of a weakness, right? Just because if you're really trying to play through top lane it's just not as easy to do that in pro play you know and, and solo queue happens all the time you know you're not talking with you know people in voice comms most of the time and you can kind of dominate split pushing or if you get a snowball to lead up in top lane it could it can make a difference but in pro play it's just not the same environment and the biggest thing with adam and even why i have bds still because I, I am not like completely bought in on him is because of the consistency he seems to only really be able at least that he's proven so up to this point to really have like those pocket picks of his and that's what he's known for like that that's great to be known for that but that can't be your main weapon you gotta be able to play the traditional stuff 
and he hasn't really been able to, to prove that at a consistent level. And even in the LEC, it seems like the LEC teams are a bit more, you know, keen to the to the tricks, you know, like the Darius and the Olaf and the etc. that he plays that's unique, and it makes him a really fun player. But again, that can't be your main you know, weapon. You have to be able to play an Aatrox or a Camille or a Renekton. Again, I think I talked about this stuff in previous uh, episode where we talked about BDS, you know. He needs to be able to show those, and then when they least expect it, then you then you pick your Darius, then you pick your Olaf or whatever that uh, your specialty is, your Garen, right? So, the only reason why I didn't even want to put them lower is because I, I do, like, think Ice will be good. Like, watching him play, he was smoking uh, his opponents, and I believe it was the Polish League that he was in last year. The team didn't end up winning the summer split, I don't think, in terms of the playoffs, but he, he played really, really well. Like, I, he had a lot of just crazy, insane score lines. Mistakes happen, you know. I feel like the biggest thing with him was that, again, it kind of fits into this BDS team, a bit of overconfidence, a bit of disrespect a bit of just like not having that consistency ironed out yet. So this is a team that I definitely, definitely think can rise up in the rankings, and I want to make that clear. Championship potential, probably not, right? But this is a team that can get up into that mid-table and probably make at least a top four at least once throughout the year. But I, I just can't put them in comfortably right now. And again, maybe it's just some some lack of, of knowledge about the, the region and seeing how these other teams stack up but what, what i'm seeing from these other teams i generally like more than bds and honestly i i think that's fair um so i'm not going to get to bds just yet because my next place up on the list in seventh still maintaining that b tier of teams that i think are solid but i don't see them winning the split is unfortunately rogue and i feel very dirty putting this roster this low because as i said before this team looks pretty good but because of how close the league is this year this is more of a product of me believing that they're above they're a cut below the six teams that are above them i think that the others are have some sort of edge somewhere that puts them above rogue so the main reason for that is again similar to giants x they just don't seem to have a definitive carry Larson will be good, don't get me wrong there. He is a secondary carry though. So he's going to need some sort of support in bringing up those wins in either Comp or Shigenda, but the two of those players haven't been looking all that great in the past year. And they used to have Trimby, who is a shot caller. He's been gone for about half a year now. So my confidence can be higher on this squad if Zoellis elevates Comp, gets him out of his hole, and maybe Marcoon can kind of step in and bring the fire he had when he was with SK. I think that he was a lot of that team's shot caller, so maybe he can fulfill that role. So again, my confidence can increase, but right now it just isn't there, and that's why I have him in 7th. So I have Vitality in 7th, and this kind of goes back to where Blue was talking about Giants X. For me being in ninth. he had Vitality in ninth. I'm going to give the roster a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I initially wanted to put them sixth, but I remembered what he talked about in our previous episode with Vitality. You kind of knock, you kind of dock them a little bit just because they're Vitality and they're trying to get a really good team going. So I, I knocked them down one. I put them in seventh because I, I really do believe in Karzi and Hillisang sticking together. They were really good last year uh, for Mad Lions. Obviously, the inconsistency of both of those players will, will seemingly forever remain with them, but... 
at their peak, they are probably at the very least a top three bot lane duo in, in EU. And that's where I'm going to be hedging a lot of my bets on with this team is that that synergy carrying over for another full year is going to be the main crux of this team. Again, inconsistencies be damned. VTO, I still really do like. He just needs to show that consistency. That That's the word of the day, basically, is we've saw it. We see him last year on XL. Did not work out at all. He goes to Heretics. He seems to get in a better environment, better team around him. And he seemed to be just about at that Misfits level. Not quite maybe, maybe, but he was right there at the, at the very least at the borderline of it. So he's also still a very strong player. The main reason why that they are this slow, in addition to, yes, some of the, the concerns about the team in general, is, is just Daglas specifically. I'm not impressed by Daglas from what I saw a little bit of him watching some games uh, from reviewing VODs and stuff like that for going into the notes and as well as maybe I caught a game last year didn't really seem to stand out and trying to track you know fan sentiment uh, around all of these teams not just a lot of hype around him it seems like more of like oh, okay like you know he was with their like academy team their ERL team so they wanted to promote him and give him a shot and I'm all for that but I think that's the clear weak spot on this team and especially in uh, professional play in the LEC, I don't like having that jungler as your weakest spot on the team. I think it's it's the weakest spot on the team by far. So that's the reason why they're only in seventh for me. The team play will come into question, but it really kind of just hinges on Daglas. I don't really have any big gripes with Photon. We'll see if he can improve at all. We'll see if, again, being in a different environment can shuffle things up for him. He wasn't super impressive. But the biggest question mark for me is going to be Daglas, and that's why they're seventh for me. And that's a fair point. I think that maybe my ranking for Vitality is a bit harsh, and that's due to, of course, me docking points because they are Team Vitality. Um, and and again, Daglas will need time to develop, and the the reason that I'm not so high on Photon is because of his kind of tapering off towards the latter half of the year, because you're right, he did sh have his good moments in that, uh, I believe it was the spring split that Vitality placed second overall in playoffs. He was looking pretty good, so there is potential there. I'm just worried about the fact that he sort of petered off, and I don't know whether he'll be able to recover that. But uh, moving on to the sixth place, where we're kind of going to tie a knot on this, for me at least, is I'm going to put BDS down here. And this kind of rounds off my B tier as, again, the teams that probably won't have too much win potential. And that's because, although I still believe that six is kind of low for this team, I think there is potential for evolution in this roster. So Adam in the top lane has proven to be a threat at Worlds, and he's made a more lasting statement than he did domestically. I'm hoping he'll be able to carry that into this year and, and kind of show his stuff more. Sheo, I think, in the jungle petered out towards the, the latter half, and especially at Worlds had a relatively subpar ex, uh, performance. But as a jungler, I think I see a lot of potential in the things he does and the decisions he makes, so I, I want to see him continue to develop. And while I disagree with removing Crowny, I think that Ice has precedent to suggest he'll be a competitor and bring a bit of freshness to the team and perhaps push them to make those evolutions that they need in order to, again, evolve. And Nuke in the mid lane, it still has plenty of time to be replaced for someone better. There's a whole year ahead of us. Steve, you're not too high on Nuke. I'm not either. 
I'm hoping that BDS can eventually get someone better in here if Nuke doesn't polish some of those champion pool issues. Even just the, the way he performed on his better champions wasn't quite where I would expect an LEC tier mid laner to land. So it's just a solid overall team that last year proved they were a lot better than when people, people thought they were. In my power rankings, I had them dead 10th last year, and they ended up 4th by the end of the year. And I think that they can do that again. They just won't claim a title, and that's why I have them down in 6th. So then 6th for me is where I have Rogue, kind of for similar reasons that Blue mentioned already, so I won't dwell too long on it. I love Larson. I think he's a great player, but he does generally kind of fall into that secondary supportive carry kind of role. I would love to see if he could actually be able to you know, step up and be a, a primary carry and, and be the main person on that team because there is going to be that unknown with Comp specifically, but Shagenda as well. Comp had a great year in 2022 when Rogue was on top of the world and finally were rising out from the bottom of EU. And then last year, it just wasn't really yet. I don't know exactly what was going on uh, with the team that made that go so badly, but he was clearly a lot worse. So now we'll be going into a year they're back under the Rogue banner, so we'll see if that maybe has a difference or not from Koi. But it will be a pivotal year for him, I think, to see if he can kind of get back up there. He doesn't even probably have to get all the way back up to that 2022 performance, but just show that he's not what he was last year, get a bit better, and at least become reliable next to Larson. Even if you're not going to be the dominant person, at least become reliable enough that it can be both of them like sharing the load throughout the season. Whereas with Shagenda, I'm a little bit just more skeptical on carry top laners, just because it's not usually the traditional thing that you see in pro play it can definitely work i don't know if shagenda is going to be the guy to really step up into that role he's he's had some good moments in laning phase and stuff like that but it's never really been able to been carried over into the actual team fighting portions of the game consistently at all so i'm not super really counting on him to to take a big step like that i i am expecting him to get better but i don't think it's going to be to that big of a degree and then the one other thing that I do like about this team is Marcoon. I know Blue really likes Marcoon. We talked about that last year. He is a solid player, but the the ups and downs with him are still there. He's far from the the more consistent jungler you would want. You're kind of riding the the highs and the lows with him. And at least for Rogue and basically all of these teams kind of in the middle of the pack here in the LEC, there is going to be a lot of ups and downs and you know is vitality gonna work is bds gonna work will giant sex you know surprise with jackies and peach there's gonna be a lot of room for fluctuation so this is a team with rogue where that if they do hit i i, I could see them probably winning it all it, it's not going to be a super high percentage chance but if marcoon has plenty more ups than downs if comp refines his form and then shagenda's just you know kind of fine up their top lane and Zoellis doesn't like you know completely struggle out of the gate maybe not in winter split that they could uh, win if everything goes well but I'd say definitely by spring if things are coming together you'll see it and this could be a team that contends again right now there's there's enough questions though coming off of last year they're going to finish right at the top of the bottom half of the league in sixth for me right and so we we share a lot of the same sentiment with the bottom five but now moving into the top five is where things are probably going to get a little crazy because I did say that I would have hot takes and here's the hottest one of them all. Fnatic is in fifth place for me. 
it's absolutely wild and i'm if i'm wrong i'm gonna get bashed and i think that's deserved and yes i'm historically a fanatic hater don't shoot me but being fully transparent i think that a lot of the the reason for that comes from the stories i've heard of their lack of reinvestment into league i like if you watch some of their behind the scenes videos their coach is sitting on an old chair back from 2015 with the old fanatic logo like it's things like that and like dardo the manager he's been a paycheck stealer serial wise for a long time they refuse to cut him out and there's just a general lack of competence from the staff that i get so that's kind of why i i struggle in supporting fanatic as an organization but even still if i isolate myself from all that i just don't think the roster is locked in second like everyone else seems to think and I spent a lot of the time on this team in the last episode, but the TLDR for that is that Noah's a two-trick, the Razork humanoid pairing is holding both of them back, and I don't think they're performing as good as they could as individual players, and removing Trimby as just offensive to me, regardless of how June might be, he was the guy that brought this team out of the dregs last year, and removing him is, is going to put them back where they were, where they were kind of struggling to show the Fnatic of old. So i they do enter the A tier for me as the beginning of the A tier. They have the potential to win it all. They could very well come in first, but I think that because of the fact of kind of how they adjusted things, they I have a lot more faith in the other four rosters I have above them. So I kind of expected that was coming, um, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm, I'll get into Fnatic a bit later on. For fifth place for me, I ended up going with SK Gaming, Basically, for me, every single team outside of the bottom two, to some extent, was like a pretty hard decision to put them actually in like a definitive spot. And I've, I've prefaced that before, going to be a lot of wiggle room. I have SK in fifth right now, mainly because I really do like Niski and Exekick. Niski is a great mid laner, just in general, but his style, I think, is going to feed really well into helping out Isma adapt into the LEC for his first year coming off that movie Star Riders team. We mentioned it in the last episode, someone like Bo, I feel like, would obviously have been great on this team. It didn't happen uh, with Niski, but Isma still seemed like that kind of jungler who is more aggressive and, and in your face. So I think this could still be a good pairing for Niski to help enable a young rookie jungler, get him going a bit earlier on in the season. And if that does really work out, then there is going to be some serious potential with this team. And then Exekick, I was a fan of watching him in Winter Split last year. And from everything that I've seen, it seems like he's still pretty well respected. So I'm going to be relying on him again to be a strong AD carry down there. Being that, you know, just kind of in the upper half AD carries of the league. And, and, and be a good enough player to still end up being the main carry on the team. But especially if you're having like Niski and Isma you know, roaming around the map, either one of those guys can go off in any given game or they can just really try and and funnel exit kick down there as well. I, I'm not a DOS fan. We'll see if he can step it up. I, I, I'm very surprised that he stuck around. Don't know exactly why, but there's always room for improvement. So we'll see if he does get better. I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then irrelevant for me is just kind of solid. 
So I think when I'm looking at the team specifically and why, despite all that I've said I loved about Nisky and Exa Kick, I'm not putting them higher, is I just think the other teams are going to be able to have higher highs. Some of it, you know, I kind of am like giving some of these teams above SK the benefit of the doubt a little bit. And I, I completely mentioned that when I'm writing these things down in my notes here. But I definitely do think this is a team that could win it all. I definitely see this as kind of like the beginning of like that realistic tier of teams that have a good shot. Just I think that some of those other teams have a little bit more room to peak more than SK can. So that's why they're in fifth for me. And that would be where I would put them if I was being rational, but I'm not being rational fully today. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll save them for later like you're saving Fnatic for later. And I'm going to jump into fourth place now with, as much as it pains me to say this, Team Heretics where I think that the environment on this roster can be nothing except fantastic. The caliber of player is there if you look at their histories. So like every change to the roster they made coming into this year, except maybe Kaiser, who's probably a side grade to MRSA, everyone they've brought in is an upgrade. And I think that the previous Team Heretics roster already making top four last summer potentially making it to Worlds, if not for championship point system, kind of holding them back. Uh, the, the fact that they're upgrading can only mean that they're going to be either fourth or higher. And the, the problem that I have with putting them any higher than this is there isn't, again, I return to this kind of point, there's no one player I think is going to be able to hard carry them. Wonder is a fantastic top laner, but he plays weak side. He's going to support the team. Flacket is a great carry, but he's never seemed enough of a, a player to push his leads. He doesn't seem aggressive enough to really put the team on his back and end up at the nexus. And while Perks once could have been the guy to carry, the last three years just diminish any kind of confidence I can realistically have in the guy. I think that he is on his downwards trend and he needs to demonstrate improvement significantly to justify him staying in the LEC in general. So the composition put together outmatches the teams that I've set below them, but I need to see more to be able to put them any higher as much as I'd love to. I put K Corp in fourth and Heretics is not far off obviously now at this point, but I end up putting K Corp fourth because of specifically Bo, well, it's really going to hinge on him and how he can show he's improved. And that's going to be through our word of the day, consistency. Vitality was a train wreck at summer of last year. And it doesn't, it didn't really seem like that Bo was able to get away with the more solo queue kind of style and mentality that he probably has coming off of, you know, being banned for a little while uh, from competitive play and then just having to play solo queue. We'll see if there can be... Uh, he, I think he's also on tank duty too a fair bit uh, to, to give him a little bit of of, of slack. He, I, I do remember, I think, Blue saying that in the last episode he was on tank duty a bit, but we still will need to see consistency, whether that's on tanks or whether that's on the carries. Because although that team was a train wreck, uh, he was far, far, far from stellar. And even at the heights that they saw, not too much before that in the winter split where they did have a very strong debut. If he can iron it out even just a little bit, even just a little bit, that does massive improvements to the floor of this team's placing. 
you would assume that with that raise in a floor would maybe come off with a bit of the ceiling as well but Bo seems like the kind of player that if he literally just rains himself that tiny tiny bit he can still you know do that crazy stuff and be the guy in the jungle who just you know takes over the game and that's where I have them in coming forth is because I'm gonna kind of just buy into this roster for winter split and we'll see how it goes, right? If Bo does good, they can win it easily, right? If Upset is consistently good and he gets along well with Targamus and they have a strong bot lane duo together, they can win it all very, very easily, right? Upset is great. Bo can be great. Targamus, my expectations are a bit lower on now just because he's bounced around a little bit now. But I do like him still as a support. I'm just not going to be... As high on him as he as I was when he was coming in onto that G2 team with Flockid. And then as for the other two spots in the solo lanes, Cabochard is is fine. I'm not gonna put a ton on him. He has LEC experience, which is kind of the big thing, I think, for this team. Having him and upset does provide uh experience. Targamas has a little bit as well. But when it comes to, like, you know, Bo, as I mentioned, and even Sakin as well, he did have a little bit of time in the LEC, but that was over three years ago now i'm pretty sure so he's been out of it for a while he spent a lot of the time recently with k corp in the lfl there is a lot to to go right on with this team but just as much as that can happen it is just as likely that Bo is still inconsistent maybe upset isn't up to snuff maybe things don't go well in that bot lane maybe maybe Saken or saken however you pronounce it just just doesn't cut it either right like he did have that brief time in lec although it was a while ago he did not do that good he does look much improved in the lfl but actually coming back up into the main league is a whole different animal and it's going to be the same thing to cabochard as well but my expectations for cabochard are just a little bit lower in general than compared to, to Sakin. so that's why they're fourth for me. The highs, super, super high. The lows, they can finish probably like 8th, 9th, 10th. But I'm going to buy into the roster. We'll see how it goes for winner split. But easily can win. Easily can bottom out. And they might make changes. So we'll see where they fall. Yeah. So I'm, again, not super far off. I've got K-Corp up in the third position. And as much as it pains me to put the org this high, especially considering some of the degeneracy I've been seeing. You were giving me so much crap in the Discord for me, like trolling you with the K-Corp stuff. And you put them higher than I did. I don't know what is wrong with you. I'm sinning today. It's it's disgraceful, I know. You're putting Fnatic... You're, you're just ultimately trolling me. Like, I, I know you said you would, but this is crazy. You put Fnatic in fifth and K-Corp in third. Are you okay? I think I am, and okay. I'm, I'm going to, again, like you said, I'm going to buy into the org a bit more than you have. <laughs> All you, dog, go ahead. They're, they're, they're your colors, so have at it. Please forgive me, Europe, for I have sinned, but uh, the, the facts, I think, are there, and I've expressed my confidence in the core, what I believe to be the core of Bowen Upset. I think that they were horribly mismanaged by Vitality, and I... I personally cannot assign Bo's downfall the blame entirely to him. Um, he he was, as you mentioned, put a lot on tank duty, specifically Maokai. I think in that summer split, he played more than half of his games on Maokai, which is completely disgusting. 
and it's it's like putting his hands behind his back tying him up and telling him to play the game i it's it's not fair to him to i think judge him off of performance on not his style so i think coming into this k-corp roster with yamato as the coach will enable him and sort of show what he's actually capable of i think that if unlocked he's going to beat everyone in the league in jungle except maybe yankos uh, and then Upset, I think, is indisputably the best AD carry in the league. He's never shown me a reason to think otherwise. Again, in Vitality, that whole train wreck was not his fault, in my opinion. So I I think that this roster has, like you said, the, the potential for high highs. And I think that they're going to hopefully stay there. My only problem with this roster is Sokken. And given that he's a mid laner, that is a pretty big problem. He's the the middle of the map and and things are going to require him to participate and be consistent that being said if you replace Sokken with someone like Niski get that Niski bow pairing going I would unironically put this roster in first over G2 he like he's French he's a huge hit with the French crowd and his supportive playstyle is exactly what bow needs to be fully enabled so unfortunately because it's not Niski it's Sokken that's why I've got him in third and I also need them to miss MSI so that the Cape Corp fans shut up for two seconds. That's also important. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the fan base is just going to be ridiculous. We, we talked about it in the last episode, too, like with them ruining the, the, the Twitter polls for sheepy sports and stuff like that. But yeah, so I'll get into my third place team. It's Heretics. I, I was surprised, kind of, that even Blue had them up in, in the upper half of the rankings because... I feel like that the only real like benefit to this team, I guess, other than maybe Flocked, because I and and yeah, I I, sh I shouldn't diss Yankos like that. Yankos is obviously a strength on this team, and then probably hopefully Flocked as well. But a lot of this team, the the quality of the players is in the gutter. The 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 inconsistency of someone like Wonder who got kicked off a of Fnatic in in winter split and winter split for spring and then came back in i believe it was the season finals and ended up looking you know pretty decently what 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 wonder are we gonna get i don't know we'll have to wait and see yankos still like him he's good he's gonna have to kind of be that main crux of this team to make everything work i'm sure perks will still have that leadership aspect in the mid lane but my goodness again quality of play has plummeted holy and then we'll we'll get into you know like Flocket and Kaiser. That seems like it could be a decent bot lane pairing. I do have some decent hopes uh, for Flocket. He wasn't really that bad in G two. I don't think I was a little bit surprised that they moved off of him when they did. It's not like he was like top tier, best in the league, no doubt about it. But he was he was solid. And and, and to be fair for G two, you kind of want top tier, best in the league. So maybe it just wasn't the the perfect fit at the time. But he's going to probably have to take a, a pretty big role in carrying this team. Yankos is going to have to spend a lot of time down there, and I hope he does. I hope that he doesn't just, like, you know, stick around Perks and Wonder because he's going to be closer with them than Flocked, even though I do believe they were on, on G2 together in that iteration. So I hope that he does and that the team does enable Flocked. I'm sure that they would love to see Perks have that revival on this team i just hope that they don't 
focus on that because if it's not there it's not there you can try it for like you know maybe even winter split like if you want to if you want to do it in winter split and you go out in the first split and you just completely bomb if, if you want to run it back in spring and try to play it through flock it like i at least can understand that but like maybe just try it for like a week or two see how it goes if perks can do it and he proves it with having this this kind of team built around him then more power to you, right? He, he can come back and be good. But otherwise, I'm expecting it to be Yankos and Flockin being the guys to kind of keep this team moving. Perks is just going to have to be that glue guy with the leadership and the experience and kind of help everyone, you know, around and, and point them where to go, keep them composed during some clutch moments. You know, if, they, if they're lucky enough to make some best ofs, keep them composed in the best ofs. And that's where I think you'll end up getting the best out of perks kaiser it's just like whatever like he he's been up and down he's he's okay and then the thing that i want to reiterate with blue two is again this could easily be a roster that flops and maybe perks is is gone out of the league you know if, if the quality of play is not there there's always going to be the name appeal but at some point name appeal can only take you so far with your play consistently dropping like it has maybe perks gets out of the league maybe wonders out of the league right legendary names could maybe be gone at the end of winter spring split if, if, if this team doesn't work you know maybe even kaiser i'm, I'm not quite as sure about kaiser he, he, he doesn't quite have that same longevity as perks and wonder which could be a benefit to him or it could also be a hindrance right could be a benefit because maybe team still will give him another chance let him stick around a little longer could be a hindrance because oh okay well like you know we we can probably find other supports you know alvaro just got called up zoelis just got called up there could easily be some other supports in in the erls ready to replace him so depending on how you want to look at that could go either way the, the big reason is the experience, is the synergy, is that these guys should have no issues in terms of like a locker room factor. So that's what's carrying this team all the way up the rankings for both of us. I have them just that little bit higher because of that and also the pedigree of the names, right? Like if Perks does rebound, like I said, then that's huge, right? If Wonder shows his consistency again, then that's huge. But even with all of that, they're not quite up there to break into the top two. But even that, I think top three for this team can still be a very, very respectable performance for them if that stuff kind of goes right. Again, more so just buying into it for winter, and we'll see how things go in terms of the actual season and how they might be looking in spring. So a little note I wanted to throw in to quell your nerves a bit. Uh, in the time that uh, Yankos and Flack had played together on G2 because you're right, they did play together in 2022. Uh, there was a bit of a bromance, bromance going on between the two of them, so they're they're very close friends still to this day. Uh, I think Yankos will be playing around him. But then also at the same time, Yankos's name on solo queue right now is TH Jerks, which is a ship name between <laughs> Yankos and Perks. So okay, you well, know he's sorry, Flack, and you're you're it's. Hey, good luck 2v2, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck 2v2. Yankos has kind of a, a love triangle going on here, if you will, where he, he has that, that thing he had with Flacket, and uh, they they carried that on when they were on Heretics at the end of last year, and now he's kind of shifted attention to perks, I guess, when he's playing in solo queue. But regardless, it'll be a fun team to watch. Now, moving up to the second position, 
this is kind of going to come as no surprise considering who's left. Uh, whereas you probably have Fnatic here and I put him in fifth, you put SK in fifth, I'm going to have SK up here in second. And this is my other hot take of the day where, like I said, with K, uh, K Corp requiring Niski to make him a first place team, SK has Niski. And I think that they're going to very much benefit from him being a presence on this roster. And if if there's one thing I can say, if BDS is being slept on by people, I think that SK is being hibernated on is kind of my stance on the matter. Where, unfortunately, we didn't have the time, the podcast at the time to back this up, but my confidence in this roster is kind of about as high as I felt about Evil Geniuses back when they put that roster together that won the LCS. Uh, if you dig into our Discord logs, I did say that they were my second place team, maybe uh, first. But that's kind of neither here nor there. Uh, unfortunately, just like with KC, uh, this roster would probably need a roster change or two to fully win the whole thing. But I believe in DOS as the weak link here more than I do in Saken over in K Corp. And so the recipe of this team put together where you have Irrelevant as the perfect weak side top laner. He had so many solo kills, literally the highest solo kill count in all of 2023 for top laners. Niski is a great supportive jungler that will allow Isma to flourish and hopefully show his stuff. And then I have a lot of faith in Exekick personally. I think that he he had something going on mentally speaking, or maybe in game he wasn't feeling confident or whatever it is that held him back in last year. I still have confidence in him to do much better. And so I'm going to buy into the SK hype train before it takes off. Hopefully I'm right. That'll be cool. But I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I completely agree with you. You could definitely be right. I just put them fifth more so because, again, as I said, I believe the highs of these other teams could definitely be higher than SK. It, it, it kind of feels silly saying that with Heretics, but there, there is the chance there. I did put Fnatic second. No no crazy twists here at the end. And whereas Blue doubted them a bit and maybe as the more LEC experienced viewer he has some some credit and some right in saying that i when i look at the roster at the very least for the most part they are the ones that give me by far the most just like overall well-rounded sense of confidence in the team like like heretics has the synergy but the quality of players not there carmine corp and sk i do like the players for the most part but for Carmine Corp especially, I don't know if the team synergy is going to be there. For SK, I don't really see any huge issues, but I think that the talent gap is a little bit down. Maybe not like a ton and it's kind of you know, split up a little bit, but for the most part, it's just a little bit down for me. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Oscar. I do think that plenty of ups and downs. That, that spring split debut was rough. Worlds was rough, but he did have some good performances around summer. And he seems to be showing that he is on an upward trajectory overall. So I'm very excited to see him continue that. And I expect him to continue that. He, he gives me off the vibes of like, like, like almost like a Bwipo kind of, or like a, like a Max Waldo, like the coach for C9. Like he never really played in, uh, in LCS. He coached C9 for a little bit, but like just seeing like his personality and like, you know, like some of the champ picks and stuff like that. Like it gives me off that like kind of like vibe where like he just seems like he has that that thing around him that he's going to be a good player. And I hope that that does continue. And then as where Blue is down on 
the the Razork humanoid pairing a bit. I still see them as really solid and top two probably individual players in their roles. The the talent, especially from Razork, was really shining through a lot in the back end of the year for Fnatic and Humanoid as well. And I think there is something to be said in that throughout the terrible, you know, super frustrating up and down year, roster change, roster change, roster change, we're going to change bot lane, support, top lane. Those are the only two guys, they, they, they got through the whole year completely unscathed. As much as the fans were riding around them in, in the early parts of the season, they're, they're there. They, 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 they got through the fire, they proved that they're still really good players, and they got kept around. I think at the very least, you do have to give them the credit for that. There's like They got rid of, what was it, Rux and Advian, and then Reckless. I think they must have had, did they have someone else uh, before? No, I don't remember their roster exactly, and then Wonder. But it was just like, man... Out of out of all of those changes, those two guys still stuck around. They were rewarded for it. They had some really great performances, and I'm I'm just higher on them maybe as as that individual skill level. Maybe there is some lack of coordination and and team play between the two of them that isn't quite there. But in that case, I'll still bank on the talent at least for now, and then we'll see how it goes during the season. The the polarizing point is definitely going to be the bot lane. We'll have to see how June does. A rookie to the LEC, but he played in the LCK for a little bit on some lower tier teams. Expectations are going to be a bit different coming into this Fnatic roster. They should be finishing around the top of the table, even if it is like maybe they do finish fifth. That that probably could happen if this bot lane does not do well. But they're still going to have the expectations, especially going in into the season. This is probably more where people are expecting them to be around two rather rather than five. So the pressure is going to be on. Noah had that 22.2 KDA debut and quickly kind of you know petered off after that. He's going to have to become a much more reliable player because while I do believe in Humanoid to be a strong carry and I do believe Razork can, can help take over a game as well, you would still like to be able to see more consistent play out of your 80 carry than what you were getting out of Noah uh, at, at points, especially going into like you know the back end of summer and, and, and worlds and such. So that's going to be the big point of emphasis on this team. Can this bot lane elevate this team? It Look, I, I don't want to be the one to say it, but if, if this bot lane can actually synergize really well, there is going to be some inherent advantage of them both being Korean. They might speak you know Korean together in the lane and stuff like that. Maybe that gives Noah a boost. We'll see how, in terms of just like a straight, like mechanical and like individual player upgrade, June would be, you know, from someone like Trimby, who is obviously, you know, very well respected, and I'm, I'm a Trimby fan myself. But this, this, this is a team that that can contend in in a in a in a, in a good situation for them. Razork and Yike aren't far off individually. Again, we can talk about you know enabling and and the pairings of their mid laners and the team around them all day, but. In, in terms of individual skill, they're they're not far off. I'd say Ryzerk might even be a little bit better, just in terms of what we saw from from some of the play. Ranking them's like really neck and neck. And then it's going to come down to that bot lane. You were, you were very open about Han Sama not being you know clearly by far and away the best player in his role. Noah is is also even further away from being the best in his role, especially right now. But if they hit. 
then that's the really only point that I think you're lacking, except for maybe if Oscar doesn't continue to develop all the way, because then maybe you have a gap in top lane. But I, I would much rather live with a gap in top lane than with a gap in bot lane. So if, if, if Noah and June hit it off, the synergy's there, they're rocking and rolling, champion pool's a bit better for Noah, this is a team that can realistically compete, and that's why I think that they really are solidified as number two. And again, that's the rational point of view. I have no qualms with your ranking there. If I was smarter, I'd put them there too, but I'm, I'm going to be a little more daring. Well, and, and, and that's a good thing too, because right, like it, it is boring to, to some extent if we are just putting teams within like one or two points of each other. And, and you do have genuine beliefs about these teams. It's not like you're just doing this just for like, you know, content's sake. You do actually have like thoughts that you can use to like at least get your own opinions in and say why you personally believe this. And it's not like you're just, you know, you're not just making stuff up for the sake of it. You actually have reason that you, reasons that you stand by. And just like you respect me, I completely respect that as well. I appreciate that. I got Steve's stamp of approval. We're living good today. But we're going to wrap things up in the LEC with probably, to nobody's surprise, I'm going to have a separate tier, the S tier here for the top team that I think anything less than sweeping the whole year would probably be an underperformance. That's not really a hot take. I'm not going to go too hard as that would be a little overindulgent. But I do have G2 up in first place. I think they have top three players in every role. The combination of the five plus the staff has already almost swept the past year. And I just think being able to carry over the learnings will make them more terrifying. We've kind of gone over the issues with Yike and Hansama, but they aren't really big enough to sow real doubt in the team. It's more of a nitpick kind of thing. So G2 in first place. Yeah, my note for, for G2 was duh. So I mean, like, it's we, we could go on about them a bit, but I think we, we covered them, you know, well enough for, you know, their, their stature in the league in, in the last episode where we, we finished breaking down the rosters. Broken Blade is the best uh, top laner in Europe. Caps is the best mid in Europe. Mickey's the best support. There's going to be some some gripes with Hans and Yike. Yike's got to be able to rein himself in a little bit. Hans Sama, maybe there's a champion pool issue. Um, but yeah, cut, cut above everyone else, even Fnatic. So number one, no surprises. All right, and with that, I will hand the reins over to Steve to take control over his area of expertise, the LCS over in North America. Take it away. Yep, it's time. Unfortunately, we're only down to eight teams in the LCS this year, so going to be not as much uh, to go into just because of that two less teams, but this is going to be a absolute mega episode because we spent an hour on the LEC. I'm sure we can get close to an hour for the LCS here as well. So we're going to get into it right now. My eighth place team, it's a really, for me, a tie between Dignitas and Immortals. But I do think that Dignitas is just a little bit worse. So I'm going to put them in eighth. To me, it really comes down to two positions. It comes down to the AD carry spot, where even though Tactical is not, a top ADC is is in fact far from it. He should be better than Tomo, who has really struggled throughout his you know little period so far that he's had in the LCS. He's not a rookie anymore. He's been around for I believe maybe a year and a half, two years. I could be a little wrong on that, but he's had a little bit of time in. Tactical's obviously much more experienced, but it's not like you know you're seeing any real promise out 
of Tomo becoming a strong player at the LCS level. He did have some good moments in Academy when he was playing in there, but has not translated up to here. Being on bad teams will impact that to some extent, but you could say the same thing for Tactical as well, whereas other than his time on Team Liquid, where he came in really hot, he's been kind of in that bottom tier as well. But I am going to say Tactical individually should be better. I do like Isles probably more than Ole in their bot lane as the pairing, but I think that Tactical Ole maybe at the very least is like just the ever so slightest better than Tomo and Isles, just because Isles doesn't really have that experience playing in the LCS, neither does Tomo with a ton, especially when you compare it to the likes of Tactical and Ole, who's been around for a very long time now at this point. And then I, I prefer Armeo to XU, again, just because of experience. They're a bit different players. XU is more of a carry player. Armeo has been kind of more lumped into that, you know, like stable, reliable veteran kind of tank supportive role. Um, so I'm just kind of going to take the known quantity there to, to back up the more known quantities in the bot lane. I think both of these teams are, are pretty unimpressive. I know I kind of spoiled 7th there, but it's not really a huge surprise to anyone, I don't think. Uh, Dignitas is 8th for me because of that, and then Immortals is just that slight bit higher above them in 7th. So my bottom two teams aren't going to be very much different from yours. The I've got Immortals and Dignitas both occupying my C tier, which is the teams I believe are not really able to hope for too much more than the occasional upset here or there. The difference, though, is that I'm going to have Immortals a little bit lower than Dignitas over in 8th place because I just don't see... Like, I see little to no potential on this roster. The players, the imports don't make a whole lot of sense. I don't think keeping tactical makes a whole lot of sense. I don't really see where the win condition here is supposed to come from. And the one thing is that I feel really bad for Immortals because they're once again aiming to op occupy one of the bottom two. But because of the changes to the league, the, it'll be impossible for them to hit ninth or 10th. So they're going to have to break their streak. Sorry, Immortals, but you're, you're going to have to sell for eighth this time. That's tough. That's really tough. I, I didn't even realize that, yeah. But it is what it is. That's that's the reality of the LCS now. Dying league. So then, with uh, both of those teams basically out of the way for both of us, just reversing the, the places there, my sixth place roster is going to be Shopify Rebellion, formerly known as TSM. Up with the team in fifth place that I won't spoil right now, I do feel like that it is close between these two teams for me as well. The, the talent level on both of these teams is relatively comparable with some questions on both rosters. In the end for me, the reason why I put Shopify Rebellion below this team, I have them in sixth, is just because I do believe in the potential of the team that is above them more. I feel like the Shopify roster is a bit more just average, for, for lack of a better word. There's um, Unless B-Voy, their, their new AD carry, can come in and really impress, I do feel like that this is just a pretty like bang average team. He was really good in the Brazilian League last year uh, with Pain Gaming. He did lead uh, all the ADCs in the second split there in KDA by a, a wide margin. He didn't really seem to have the same kind of skills in lane, but maybe in team fighting, I guess he was able to step it up. His KDAs are very impressive. I wasn't blown away from watching him, but if there's something there that can translate into the LCS 
then that's going to be really the X factor for this team. I do give a little bit of credit because the coach, Revan, does seem to have like maybe a bit more of a knack for stuff like this. He's a guy who's been really close with LS, and LS obviously has his his ways of, of looking at the game and analyzing talent and such. So the fact that Revan is the coach of this team and he made this pickup from out of the region, I am intrigued by it. The only downside I will put on Bevoy for sure is that he's been around a long time. He started playing pro in 2016, and he started in China, so it's been a, 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 a probably gradual fall from grace, but that's kind of expected probably at this point over the course of a career. If you're not really a superstar, you're going to kind of eventually start to tumble down the ranks and the tiers of the leagues you're playing in eventually. So he'll be the main point on this team where if they do overperform and if they can sneak up into maybe like fifth, that's probably the highest I would put them at, though. It would be because of Bevoy. Fake God, Boogie, Insanity, Zazel. They're, they're all average at best, probably, for the most part. I am, a, I am a big Insanity fan just because he does have some interesting picks that he'll bring out. He's a North American mid laner. He's, you know, more than solid for the position in the region. You're just probably not going to get a lot more of him or a lot more out of him other than just being a solid NA mid laner. And the same thing kind of goes, you know, for, for Fake God and Zazel. Zazel had his moments on C9. Obviously, C9's a great team. They make it to Worlds often. He made it to Worlds uh, with them. But the he did end up dropping out of the league, I'd, I'd assume, for some reason, right? Even though I do think he was still playing decently when he did get dropped by Evil Geniuses in 2020. But I'd, I am a fan of his. I just don't really think there's going to be a huge ceiling for him to kind of develop into anymore. I think at this point, being around for, you know, about as long as he has been it's been about five-ish years for him now you're you kind of are probably just gonna, just gonna be what you are at this point i think the same thing kind of goes for fake god not quite uh the same level of success as zazel he's usually been on bottom tier teams more so like the dignitases of the world and he's not really coming into a, a hugely better environment for him in shopify rebellion but just getting out of dignitas is a good sign so hopefully he has improved. He was relatively impressive in the NACL last year. We'll see if he can step it up and maybe become a bit more consistent because that's been his big thing for him. Consistency, and he's generally, when he is consistent, he's generally consistently bad or below average. Um, so it kind of comes down to that with Shopify Rebellion. This is the case where I'm going to be taking the team where they are a bit more consistent, even though they are more consistently worse, and that's why I'm going to put them in sixth right now. So I'm not going to be super far off on Shopify Rebellion, but my sixth place team is actually going to be 100 Thieves. And that's not to say that I think the team is bad necessarily, but they are really young. And similar to how I had sentiments for Mad Lions, where don't put too many expectations too early. I think, again, they will need time to develop and the spring split will be a lot about that for sure. Yeah, that was going to be my main point for 100 Thieves. I have them up in fifth. I'll, I'll say it now. And yeah, like my big thing is that since they are kind of the, they are more the Mad Lions team, but I just believe a bit more in seeing these more of these players and in the Mad Lions players and generally the sentiments are the same over there in EU. I'm giving 100 Thieves a little bit more credit. Yeah, and I'm hoping at least because of the the names that are on this roster that as they kind of progress in the summer split, maybe. I would hope that they will move up to fifth, maybe even higher than that, depending on how things go. It's just that for at least the beginning here, I think I'm going to be a bit lower on them as they kind of 
start to ramp up and and hopefully develop into a better team so and and the other thing is that there's going to be that hurdle i mentioned in our lcs rundown that the fact that all these players besides of course the support are something of a carry type it'll take a bit of time as well to find the best dynamic for the team to work under who's going to be your carry who's going to have to take a bit more of a backseat play weak side and learn that kind of play style and if that works out i i'm hoping for better things but for now i'm keeping expectations tempered and i think that's completely fair the only reason why i'm putting them fifth is because because i do think that there is more potential with this roster and i don't think the level of play that i'm expecting from them coming in is going to be far off a lot of what these shopify rebellion players could have like sniper versus fake god i'm i, I would hope or at least i, I would assume that that's going to be like a, a fairly similar skill level knowing what i've seen at fake god before but again had a really good split in nacl we'll see if he does improve and that that could be a bigger gap than i would expect river i will take light gears uh, over boogie insanity versus quid is is probably a little bit closer than what you might think but i'm going to give the leg up to insanity quid definitely has some more room to grow he's, he's a very new player so there is there is part of that huge potential along with sniper is going to be quid but for now i would i would probably lean towards insanity there and then meech versus b-boy is really hard for me to tell because i didn't really watch a lot of b-boy and i only watched a couple games of meech so the the, the skill level there is not going to be something i can really provide a great comment on the one things the one thing that i have heard about meech is that him and masu who we'll get to later on on another team above them in the rankings is that they are generally seen probably as some of the, the better AD carry prospects to come out of North America recently. So there is some hope to look for with Meech, and then I definitely like uh, Ayla still as well. Is he currently on the same tier as Azel? Probably not. I would probably at the very least rank Azel on the same level as him. But Ayla, a lot younger, more room to improve, was very impressive on TL Academy a couple years ago. So the, the upside on this 100 Thieves roster I do think is legit, and I do think it can cash in, which is why I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's kind of like that same thing with Mad Lions versus Giant X, whereas I put Mad Lions in 10th because I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to pan out right away that early on. I don't quite have the same understanding of the players, so my confidence in them is a little bit lower. Whereas with Giant X, you know, don't really know a lot about Jackie's, don't have a ton of faith in Peach, but we know Ignar's really good. We know Patrick's good, and we know Odawamne should hopefully be good. So I'll take that consistency over the unknown in that case. But for here, it's Shopify 6th for me and 100 Thieves 5th. And yeah, I've got Shopify Rebellion up in 5th place. They're very much in a comparable spot to 100 Thieves. In the early stages, I would just expect them to use their experience to outperform in the earlier stages. So you've got Fake God and Zazel coming out of the NACL off a win with Disguised. So I think that they're they're hoping to bring more to the table than they did in their past LCS stints. I think Insanity is a fantastic mid lane prospect for NA that should continue to grow and develop. And then it'll it'll similar to what you said come down to Bevoy in the bot lane. And I'm also not super confident in Boogie as of yet. I'm going to need to see a little more before I can fully invest in that, uh, believing in him. So for the spring split particularly, I would expect or at least think that 100 Thieves would need more time. And so that's why I give Shopify Rebellion the leg up. 
So as you can tell up to this point, the, the LCS is much more cut and dry than the LEC. The LEC, there is a lot of room for fluctuation. Teams can really go up and down that, that standings, whereas the LCS, I have Dig 8th, Immortal 7th. He has Immortals 8th, Dig 7th. I have Shopify 6th, 100 Thieves 5th. He has 100 Thieves 6th, and Shopify Rebellion's 5th. Now we will see, because there is going to be some debate around the top. Uh, maybe not quite at the very top, but there should be some debate around this, like, you know, 4 through 1 range. I do think, though, that there is a more definitive team to put in 4th out of these out of this grouping, and that would be Team Liquid. It is a solid team, but there is still question marks. And I alluded to this in one of our LEC rundown episodes where I believe it was I Will Dominate said that when you're kind of looking at a team, you generally don't want your weakest players to be like in your carry positions. And as much as I did, you know, give Jan some flowers, I do like him still as a prospect. I think there's going to be room for him to grow. I think you look at the team and we'll see how Umti does coming in from Korea. So there's still a question mark there. But if I had to put money on it, your two weakest players are still probably your, your carry positions in, in APA and Jan. Now, if you had, you know, not Summit in the top lane, but if you had someone like Summit in the top lane who's not quite as, as volatile as he is, you can have a carry threat up there and it takes a little bit off the pressure of those guys. You have Impact up there now who, while I, I would still firmly believe he can play carries, that's just not the role that he's been in for a long time now. So you know what you're going to get out of Impact up there. You're going to get that incredible, exceptional weak side play whether it's going to be on a tank or a bit more of a bruiser, you can do it on both. But that's that's his job, is to go up there and just be the, the most immovable object you've ever seen up there in top lane. Whereas when you're looking at the rest of the team, it is a lot more up in the air. Umti, especially coming over from Korea, he's been in that kind of bottom tier of jungler over in the LCK, been on bottom tier teams in the LCK to go with it, so you wouldn't necessarily think that it's going to be that promising of a move. I, I do, I will say, I do have like the slightest amount of respect to Team Liquid for keeping this Korean experiment going. I thought that they would probably give up after that one season where it didn't work for them but they, they still want to stick to it. So obviously it helps when you can bring impact back to your team and you obviously have core JJ. So you still do have two really great players there. It's more so of like, you know, can you really entice a good Korean or at the very least Korean speaking jungler to come over to your team? And that's usually going to be that, that catch point as we've seen with Piosha coming over, had some okay moments at Worlds. He was a little bit better maybe than he was regionally, but did not live up to the expectation coming over for a lot of people. And now you're, in theory, downgrading in Umbuti coming over from Pyoshik, but we'll see if it's really a downgrade or not. In theory, it is, because again, playing on worse competition, generally speaking, worse rated as a jungler than Pyoshik. But the, 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 the main point of this team is still going to come down to Jan and APA in the mid lane. APA, I really do like. He's kind of insanity, but a good bit better. They have that kind of, you know, knack for knowing when to pick a unique champion in a certain matchup, or at the very least, the willingness to try new champions and try them out and, you know, 
that they have the confidence in them they're not afraid to pick them and that makes them very entertaining players because of that the champion pool is very diverse they can play the meta stuff and they can still whip out that unique stuff which is what i would love to see from someone like adam back in on the lec in, in the lec on bds right if he can if he can if he can become that type of player then that's a big boon for for bds with uh team liquid with apa he definitely did impress coming in to replace harry last year and he did have that impressive game at worlds where he held his own against faker but there is still going to be some unknowns here right he's still only going to be going into now his first full year of the lcs and he's going to have to prove himself again now with only eight teams the the mid lane pool is a bit thinner i don't really think there are a lot of good mid laners especially in that bottom half that we just went through so he, he he's kind of like by default i would put him a top a top half mid laner in the league but it's really going to be up to him to solidify that and and improve because there's there's going to be plenty of room to improve for him even though he has been around league of legends for a while he's just, he's just only breaking into pro right now he's going to be under some some good pressure i think to to show that them keeping him around was the correct decision so i would assume that steve would have wanted you know to bring in a, a new mid laner right knowing the, the history of team liquid and wanting to buy in the best players so there will be a lot of expectation on APA to improve, to get better, and be a reliable point in the middling for this team. And the same thing goes for Jan. I think Jan maybe makes it a little bit easier because he does speak Korean already. So he didn't necessarily have to change that position to, you know, have someone come in and fit that identity. Whereas you kind of would have to with APA, you would have had to have found someone else to come in. So I do like that. As much as for Steve has been known for buying the, the talent and trying to just buy the best roster and put them together on the team and hoping that it works out, he does seem to be actually giving these young guys some, some actual chances, which I do appreciate a lot. And I think that, I feel like at the very least, it must be hard for him to do that, despite, you know, the, the fan sentiment about these guys coming in at the time was relatively high. So we'll see if they can actually develop and continue to improve looking at some other uh you know content creators and stuff like that i was surprised a little bit at least for myself to see that people were a bit more in line with what blue was thinking about jan than i was it does seem like the, the sentiment around him has definitely taken a hit but i'm still going to be confident in him going into again just only his second year in the league there is going to be room to improve now if spring split doesn't go well for team liquid and fourth for them might be a disappointment right like i would assume for them they want to be at the very least top three I'd say even definitely contending for the LCS title, knowing Steve and you know his how he is as a person. But that's why I think APA and Jan could definitely be on the hot seat if, if Spring Split does not end up going well for them. They're going to need to be able to solidify themselves and show that this is a team that can definitely contend because all the veterans around them, for the most part, aren't really going to be you know in the position to carry. So there's, they're going to have to be able to improve and show that they are worthy of steve's trust and team liquid's trust for believing in them and keeping them around for this year so at the very least i do think they're a good team but the back half of the lcs also is pretty bad in comparison so they're gonna slot in fourth
So I've also got Team Liquid here in the fourth position. They're still in that sort of B tier range for me that I don't see them really winning the split per se, but I do have enough confidence to have them above the four that I've set below them. And that stems from a lot of confidence in the foundation of Impact and Core JJ. They will be solid, consistent players that uh, the team can rely on as a backbone. APA, I expect to very much evolve into a strong mid laner. He's got international experience now. He's going to get to be on the team for his first full split, which for what he's done so far, not even being with the team that long is good enough. And I think he's going to have the time to further develop some of those champ pool things and, and performances and whatnot. It's where Umti and Jan come in that I'm less confident that say what you will about Pioshek being the most fraudulent Worlds winner. He did win Worlds, uh, and despite his slower start in NA when he joined Team Liquid, he got a Penta on Viego in summer. He really, really stepped it up at Worlds. He had that Leeson performance that made T1 sweat a little bit. Some of those engages were really good. And by comparison, Umpty's track record is the inability to break into the top half of the LCK at all. So... By comparison, just off that merit, I would say that Umpty is a bit of a downgrade, if not a side grade at best. And then Yon is sort of a player I've felt was invisible, which isn't what you want in an AD carry. He wasn't an inter by any means, but he wasn't carrying either. So I've thought about moving them up to the A tier a while for a while, even keeping them in fourth, but they also were supposed to be good pretty pretty good last year and we saw how that went so i'm pretty comfortable locking them here under the pretense that they're definitely weaker than those above them but i would also expect them to be stronger than those below them and this will now put us into the top three which is going to be the real cream of the crop here in the LCS for this season. Team Liquid, maybe, if, if those two guys develop, especially, they do have an outside shot of winning in Spring Split, but it's really going to be between these top three teams, which I will give the LCS credit for, whereas in the LEC, it really is seemingly G2 or bust. There are three teams here, at the very least in my opinion, we'll see what Blue thinks as well, but I'd assume he would agree that there are three teams here that do have legitimate shots of, of winning. Now, the LEC, you could say, is maybe a bit deeper in terms of, like, teams that can win, but I think those teams, when you're kind of getting really into the bottom of those ranges, they really need a lot to go well for them. These three teams all have very legitimate shots at the title horizon. The LEC, maybe it's Fnatic, but it's most likely just G2. So we'll start off this tier with FlyQuest for me in third. And this is a team that I think is very, very exciting, very, very interesting. If I had to guess, I would probably say I think most people would maybe even put them in the top two, but I'm going to be giving uh, the teams above them just a little bit more credit for a couple of reasons. Overall, this squad does have very, very high quality players overall. Boipo in the top lane, Inspired in the jungle. Jensen mid lane. Busio, despite not having like a superstar year last year, was good, had some good experience under double lift. 100 Thieves is just kind of a little bit of a mess. And then the big question mark is going to be their AD carry Masu, who, as I mentioned before with Meech, 
is in that same vein of coming up from the NACL, pretty highly regarded, some of the more highly regarded AD carry prospects in North America in the recent years. So expectations will be there for him to some extent, I feel like, but he's in a really good spot. He doesn't have to be a main threat here when you have such a solid top side of Bwipo inspired in Jensen as well. Jensen is going to be coming off of a Dignitas year, which is never a good year for anyone, but the pedigree on him is still there. He doesn't really like look as washed as like, you know, Perks does. Jensen is still a quality player who if you put him into a team like this, I still expect him to perform at a at a pretty high level. He's not the best in the league anymore, but he still, you know, can be fighting for those spots on a good day of his. And then you look at Bwipo and Inspired, although those guys have been known to be good players, they've been out of the league for a little bit. And that's kind of why, the main reason why I'm, I'm knocking them down a bit and I'm not quite moving them into that top two. Jensen is going to have to show that he can still compete coming off of Dignitas because that was a down year for him. Masu and Busio still do need to prove themselves in the bot lane. Masu is a rookie, Busio going into year two. And then Bupo and Inspired need to show that they got it still as well. Inspired, I think, you know, has a little bit less rust on him than Whippo does, only being really benched for the back half of last year in the summer split. But overall, he's still, you know, really well regarded as a top jungle in the region, probably still in the West as a whole. Maybe that's a little bit more up for debate now since he hasn't played uh, in EU for a little while, but he's still very highly regarded. I'd assume Whippo, in, in terms of the pro scene and stuff like that, is still very highly regarded as well. Maybe fan sentiment on him might be a bit worse than it has been when he was near his peak and stuff on Fnatic and stuff, but he's still a very talented player, and it's just up to them to kind of reintroduce themselves to the pro scene and say like, hey, like I, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still here, I'm still up there fighting for the best of the best, and this is going to be a team that you definitely do have to fear going into a title fight. I think a big benefit for them as well, again, kind of the same thing with Team Liquid, the teams below them are are clearly below them as, as a part of, of being in this top three. The other thing that I will look out for with this team is that Whippo and Inspired and Jensen, while they all are great players and have had very high highs, they're also known to be, generally speaking, a bit more opinionated than your average uh, player. These guys have been around for a while. They generally have strong opinions on the game. If you listen uh, to like Whippo talk in interviews, he knows how he wants to play the game. Jensen has had some stuff on C9 in the past where there was that infamous benching with him and Sneaky and that roster and stuff going on. And Inspired also seems to have that kind of aura around him too where he is a bit more opinionated in, in what he wants to do and has a lot of say over what he wants to do so maybe if this team does come off struggling a little bit maybe they come off slow there could be some cohesion issues if masu's not able to be a reliable lady carry to help them out and it's really on like jensen and inspired to take over a game maybe that's not enough maybe there's some frustrations that come out and maybe some heads start to clash those are the two big reasons as to why I'm putting them in third. There is the potential for some some clashing in the team, or I don't really see that happening with a lot of these other teams, just because. Well, for the most part, you know, they're we've talked about them. They're not that great. So if there is team clashing, it's not like it's going to be like a huge detriment, to like a title run or anything. But you know, even with someone like with a team like Team Liquid, they have that you know Korean 
whatever you want to call it, theme experience going on around them. So there really shouldn't be a lot of clashing there. FlyQuest is the first team where it's like, you know, maybe strong opinionated players, you know, guys just coming back in, they want to prove themselves. Maybe the environment's a little bit rough. And then it does come down to Whippo, Inspired, needing to prove themselves, coming back off of some splits off. Jensen bouncing back from a Dignitas year. And then Masu and Busio showing that, hey, we're still young players, but we deserve to be with these storied players, these very, very good players in their positions. We deserve to belong on such a, a high caliber team already. So I'm going to go a bit of a different route here. And I'm actually going to have NRG in the third position. And this will be the the start of the A tier where, similar to my LEC standings, this is the teams that I believe have what it takes to win it all, just aren't quite up there. And energy here is in third to start it off where uh, they, they again have that shot because we saw them win already and now they've only made a single change. But the questions that might be arising is, I said in our rundown that they won summer, they made it to quarterfinal at Worlds, and I said that they upgraded their support. I think that picking up um, Huhi over Ignar was an upgrade. So what gives? Well, first, as funny as it sounds, I think that when they had 100 coaches, that was a valuable resource that they now won't have coming into 2024. Uh, as much as that was memed on, I think it was something that helped them out. The players were vocal about that. But second, I alluded this to this during our Worlds rundown, but I expect energy very much to follow Rogue's trend back in 2022, where they won a split that they, on paper, weren't really supposed to. They got convincingly 3-0'd by an LPL team as the only Western team in quarters, and then they swapped out a single player, and all that's left now is to become more of a middle-of-the-pack team where they initially were believed to be. So... Like Rogue, I think they're going to start off the year pretty strong. They should be near the top of the table, absolutely. But as things progress and sort of the other teams mesh together, it will start to show the cracks will form and they'll stay in the upper half. They're very clearly above TL even, in my opinion, but it's it's not quite there for them to win when you have some of the other teams in this league that we're going to get to later. So while I I do think they're strong, I think that last summer was a bit of a perfect storm for the team, and they're not going to function at quite that high of a level consistently enough to be able to break into the top two, in my opinion. I'm giving NRG the benefit of the doubt. I'm putting them in second. Only, I shouldn't say only. Mainly because I was so down on them for the entirety of last year, and even though they didn't end up you know winning the finals in spring they didn't make it to the finals in spring they still had a, a good enough showing they proved that you know hey like we're on an upward trajectory here we can fight and then in summer as you said they ended up kind of you know find, being able to overcome the mountain and, and take down c9 in a very strong series the parallel with rogue was very interesting i didn't know how similar that was that that, that could definitely happen here and and i i do want I didn't say that either. I don't want. I don't want to think that that's going to happen, but I think that it could definitely happen, just like you. Because in in my real heart, I probably would have put them maybe like third or fourth. It's kind of hard for me to put them fourth, just because there is not as much confidence for me in Team Liquid as with NRG. So maybe I would have swapped them with FlyQuest. But I, I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. For also as like you said, you no, know, for all the, the coaching memes. 
you know, that this does seem to be a team that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And when you're keeping around everyone except your support, obviously that synergy is still going to be there. The, the hopefully the friendliness, you know, the, or the competitiveness, whatever it is that drives them, is still going to be there. And even though Huhi and Ignar are like, I, I would say that it's not like a, a huge upgrade. Like it might be a slight upgrade in terms of like you know just the the individual. I, I do think the main point of that upgrade is that FBI and Huhi have played together for multiple teams before this and they definitely have uh, a great synergy so whether ignar wanted to leave or he didn't they just wanted to bring in who he because they thought he would be an upgrade as well you're you're even adding more of that that chemistry and that that team aspect that they have on top of what they had already before last year i don't expect who he to have any problems with any of the other guys who he seems like a very likable guy so i'm sure that him coming in there just to be with fbi if that was like a big part of the reasoning will will work on who he was a good support i don't want to take anything away from him last year he definitely was a good support in, in that same caliber as as ignar so this is a team that where much like you know heretics uh, even though the pedigree of the players isn't there like Heretics is, and Heretics is on a downward trend in terms of their skill, I'm going to buy into this team, I'm going to give them the credit going into the spring split, and I'm going to say that, you know, hey, I'm still not a, a big believer in, like, Dokla contracts, Palafox, FBI individually, but what they're going to be able to do together is going to be good. I don't think Dokla is still really like super impressive in the top lane. I think he's still fine. Kind of, kind, kind of like Wonder. Like not, I don't think as inconsistent as Wonder, um, but and he, he is worse overall than Wonder. I would say as well. But like he's in like that same vein of of a player right now. I would say, contracts and Palafox. I am excited for, and I am hoping that they can continue their their hot streak and, and prove me wrong and that's why i have them in second is because i am going to put my eggs in the contracts and palafox baskets uh, obviously i have some bias towards contracts as a c9 fan palafox as well was on as a part of c9 for a little bit so there is some like a little bit of personal bias in there but they, gen they genuinely did look really really good last year in summer and going into world so if they if that really is who they are then NRG definitely deserves to be in, in the title fight up there with, you know, 3-2-1 FlyQuest, uh, NRG, and then, sp spoiler alert, uh, at least for me, um, it's going to be Cloud9 number one. Uh, so NRG having them at second for me is just because of that synergy, that teamwork aspect. Maybe it is a, a bit more of a definitive upgrade in support. Uh, stylist, uh, not stylistically, but you know, just individually, mechanically, and then stylistically, it fits in really well with FBI and the rest of the team. So, NRG is going to be second for me in that case. Now, I did warn you, Steve, that I was going to get a little spicy here, but I also am not delusional. So, but yeah, uh, to be fair, we, we we had some banter going on because I was memeing him about K Corp and stuff like that. He ended up being higher on, on K Corp than even I was. I said like he's going to get me back and be like, oh, I think you're, you're going to put like C9 third or whatever just to be like a little hipster. But apparently, it sounds like it's going it's going here, which I at least like it it, it can happen, right? Like especially for Blue, he's got the European bias and the Canadian bias with FlyQuest, so I'm not surprised at all that he's putting them. Uh, in, in, in first above C9, but he, he, he's just a little upset and that's okay. I'll, I'll let him be upset and we'll move on with our lives. No, so that's that's kind of what I was saying, the the me not being delusional part, because I will still have FlyQuest here in second. I do have C9 oh, wow. in first. 
Okay. The, Respect. The the crazier thing that I'm going to do is with my tier system, I was going to have Fly in the A tier, but I'm putting him up in the S tier right next to C9, but still having him in second. And, and that's kind of the extent of my craziness because I'm not delusional enough to think that C9 won't win. Hey, more... Hey. I, I I would have been fine with it if you put if you put FlyQuest first. So that that, that that's mad respect right there. Uh, I'm not that crazy, but why why do I have confidence in Fly to be above NRG at least? I think number one, my bias is there. It's Team EU, and EU is obviously better than NA, so they're gonna be great. <laughs> but the the synergy, I think, biases aside, should be there on this team. Buipo and Jensen are the type of players to play more for their teams. They sacrifice things that they have in their own roles going on, their lane phase, and sort of feed into the the, the needs of the team. Inspired and Masu are going to be the resource-hungry carries. I think that that dynamic kind of works together. And then Busio looks talented enough to add that extra bit of oomph. He's still relatively fresh and will need time to develop further, but I think he's enough for what this roster needs in a support. So the one thing I did want to mention that I didn't have the ability to mention in the previous rundown is because I pretty much just learned this, but there was actually a world where Nemesis would have come out of retirement and played mid here. There was a bit of talk going on about that I heard about. Uh, since Inspired got his green card and that left open an extra import slot, there was potential for that, but unfortunately it's not to be. We got Jensen and I think he probably is a bit worse than Nemesis could have been. But Jensen, I think, is serviceable enough. So, you know, the org has tried a variety of things over the years. They've had some new rosters, like newer players. They tried last year the, the route with Vikla and Prince that didn't really work out. They kind of crashed and burned. So now that they've invested in the European side, I think that they have enough going here that they should overtake energy by at least the end of spring, if not immediately. And I have them in S tier because I do believe very confidently they have the potential to challenge for the title, even if I'm not confident enough to rank them there. Yeah, Papa Smithy's done some really good, fun, and, and interesting stuff with FlyQuest when it comes to the rosters. Everyone thought that summer split last year was going to be super tight with FlyQuest and C9 because in spring the, it, it was an incredibly promising group with Prince popping off as hard as he was. Vikla was not quite up on that same level, but I think a bit earlier on he was, a, he was better uh, in spring split. But Prince was the main guy on that team. People were so hyped to have him around thinking that he was really going to provide some good competition with Berserker and that FlyQuest as a whole were still performing super solidly with a ton of great players. I believe that was like Impact and Spica and then Vulcan maybe it was support. I can't remember. That's exactly. right. I'm yeah. Pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the right roster. So like that, that, that was a great team. Very, very unfortunate that whatever it was that led to that collapse happened because there was a lot of potential with that group based off of Spring. Um, but oh well with that. And now that does lead us now transitioning into the number one seed for apparently both of us uh, is going to be Cloud9. And to, again, give respect to Blue, I know he likes to, we were messing around with each other a bit earlier. It is it is pretty clear that, you know, C9 is a cut above uh, the rest of these teams. But FlyQuest and NRG are in a legitimate chance of, of winning the L L LCS for me. 
removing even as much of my bias as a C9 fan aside, it's really hard to say that like G2, they really kind of have the best player in every role. There's a little bit more debate with G2 maybe even, but I think overall you would probably rank them as a bit higher of a caliber of a team, at least until C9 or someone else can prove that differently. Uh, at least this year, right? We know what happened, we know what happened last year at Worlds. Uh, but C9, you know, having Blabber in the jungle, best jungler you can have. Bringing in JoJo, I was a champion for it last year. I got proven right. I didn't know EG would be leaving the league for that to happen, but I was championing C9 JoJo. I got it. Best mid laner in the in the region. Berserker, best AD carry in the region. Vulcan, it's probably a, maybe a little bit closer you would think, but again, with, with the league being shrunk and the bottom four teams being so far away from them, I think Vulcan is probably, maybe not clearly the best, but he's in that, like, maybe it's a top two, but... That, that probably is the most interesting spot along with top lane because you have, you know, Core JJ, who he, Vulcan in there to, to kind of have that, that competition over. And then we'll see if maybe Busio can, can break in there on FlyQuest if, if they have a great year. But you have Vulcan support and then Fudge sticking around in the top lane, who I remember I talked about that to death in the LCS episode uh, where we talked about C9 was retained uh, by Cloud9. People were looking for change there. He he's not that overrated, guys. Like he's he's a good player. He's he's more than more than capable of enough for being a North American top laner. If he still struggles internationally, whether that be at MSI or Worlds or both, then yeah, fine. You know, like I I can get that. At some point, you would have to move on from him. But at the very least, for now, like C9, from what I can tell, it's like they're 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 win they're trying to win the region, and then they do have enough talent to to show that they can shine internationally, but it doesn't always come through because usually they end up struggling in the region at some point, and the and probably the team and definitely the fan base lose the confidence in them. So hopefully this won't be the year that that happens because the everything is there for them. The only thing we don't know again is the the team dynamics. Now, it, I will say that was my biggest criticism of losing Sven is that I feel like Sven was a really good leader and strong, opinionated person on that team that could keep them on the straight and narrow. Whereas with the Vulcan, he doesn't seem to have that same kind of personality to me. He seems more laid back, and Sven did get a bit more laid back, but he just seems much more like, you know, he comes off at the very least when I, when I listen to like interviews and, I, and like I, how I envision them being like behind the scenes, much more like strong-worded and strong-willed and dedicated. Whereas Vulcan, I don't, I'm not saying he's not dedicated, but he just doesn't come off to me like as the person that will come off and like tell it like it is, like Sven does. So, and we've all, it's been well documented with C9 how much Berserker and Sven loved playing with each other. They only, they both stuck around last year because they loved playing with each other so much. Uh, and got along, and when Sven made his, like, farewell post for C9 on Twitter, Berserker had a nice little comment underneath it. Um, I think it is unfortunate that Sven's not going to be in the league, because he's definitely good enough, even if he's playing AD carry, uh, and teams probably were skeptical on that, but that, that said that they won't be able to get to play against each other. But this is the team that is going to be the team to beat with uh, the best, uh, basically the best player in every role. We'll see how dynamics go with Berserker and Vulcan. That could be a spot where it is a little bit iffy if they don't get along as well as Berserker and Zven did, and maybe the personalities are different. Maybe 
it even translates into like laning styles and stuff like that obviously vulcan is a much more experienced support than sven but sven has been around for an incredibly long time as well he's been an 80 carry and a support so it's not like he had no knowledge of of the lane and the role specifically so that'll be the probably most pivotal part on this team i'm not worried about fudge in north america obviously MS was the big weak spot on the team last year you completely plug up that hole with jojo pion and then you round it all off with blabber maybe another point of contention that you could argue is that kind of similar to a hundred thieves in a way where there are a lot of mouths to feed on c9 because blabber is you know a very aggressive jungler he likes having resources jojo pin's going to demand a lot of resources in the mid lane berserker's been the primary carrier on this team since he's been here so he's going to be demanding resources and even fudge you know even though his uh carry picks don't usually work internationally as well as you'd like them to they they work regionally pretty well so that can command resources so are you going to be seeing a lot more of weak side fudge and not having a lot of resources from blabber in these games because someone will have to you know kind of take steps back it seems pretty well in line that that would be fudge that also i do think could be a good move internationally because as much as you know you can practice your counter picks and your pocket picks and stuff like that on your own time you can still whip them out a little bit in the lcs uh, and then in scrims you know that that's obviously the best way to try out that new stuff and, and hone up your skills playing solo queue and whatnot but him having a more of a weak side playstyle would probably benefit them a bit more going into international especially if you really are concerned about him you know really like pooping the bed at an international event so maybe again another thing to watch if if c9 does become a little too hungry and everybody wants blabber to be everywhere um maybe that's an issue but the main difference between them and 100 Thieves is that these guys are much better players. They are very well-experienced players and have been around for a long time. Berserker, not quite as long as the rest of them, but they've been around for a long time. So you would expect them to be able to be, you know, a bit more experienced, a bit more professional if that kind of a situation would arise. And hopefully they can iron out something like that relatively quickly if it does become an issue. So definitely the most well-rounded team by far. There's always going to be little things like those that you can nitpick at and see why they, there might be issues, but it is, for the most part, a no-brainer in Cloud9 being the best team in the LCS. Can't really say too much more that you haven't already said. Yeah, sorry. I mean, like, it, it's the Cloud9 fan in me. The, the only thing that I'll kind of add on is I think that whereas G2, I said, was top three in every role, I think that Cloud9 here in NA is top one in every role except maybe top lane where fudge is still top three so you know uh that's why i think that they're so much higher compared to their league versus g2 and the lc lec but there is still that huge gap here and like the the only thing i can really foresee going wrong is synergy issues the caliber is there the players are there they're they're gonna perform well i think so like this is just a very good team they they have precedent to say they'll all be joking around together, sprinkling in some lighthearted flame for everyone else. It'll be fun to watch them play, and they should succeed a whole bunch this year. The trash talk on this team? Imagine if they kept Sven around for the trash talk, but the trash talk on this team can be legendary stuff. 
with Fudge and JoJo appearing, and even Vulcan too. But imagine if they had Sven with Fudge and JoJo. The trash talk before every series could just be absolutely electric. They would be insufferable. <laughs> That'd be so funny. I didn't even really think about that until now, but that's going to be so much fun if they actually kind of lean into that, if they're just smoking everybody, and they just start having JoJo and Fudge and, and Vulcan going off on people in their own different you know styles and stuff. Fudge and JoJo, I think they're a little bit more like direct. Vulcan's like a lot more, I feel like, a little bit more laid back, but still like more meme than like Fudge. So that, that's that's going to be so funny. I, ho I hope that we get to see a lot of that happening if they're crushing. Even if they're not crushing, because that just makes the league more fun anyways, having you know, those kinds of personalities. I, I think that's part of the reason why Fudge gets a lot of flack is because he talks a lot of smack, and then if he doesn't back it up, especially internationally, people are going to get on his case for it until I'm like, oh, dude, just shut up, you know, just just stick playing your tanks or whatever, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not that good internationally. I think that's actually probably a, a, a maybe even underrated reason as to why people don't like him as much either. Yeah, but to Vulcan's credit, he even had that thing going on with Ayla, that, that little banter session. So, you know, the the memes from this team will be will be huge, regardless of how the performance goes. That's great, because C9's always been that, that meme team. They had a little bit of a period where it wasn't quite as, as strong, obviously, when they were transitioning away, you know, from the original roster, you know, with Balls and Medios and High and, and Lemon, but... It, it, it's, it's always been like a at the very least a light purveying theme whether it's the memes or now the trash talk and the memes so it's it's going to be a very entertaining year from them even if they do kind of you know struggle a little bit i hope that they can still at least have uh some fun with it if they're struggling because there, there's going to be a huge target on, on their back right from every single team in in this league you know realistically i think we all agree there's only really a couple of threats to them in nrg and FlyQuest, but there's going to be a huge target on their back. Every team is going to be wanting to take them down. So it would be a lot more fun if they kind of lean into that, you know, status and trash talk. And then it provides more content for, for everyone, which no one would be upset at. So we're about to near the end of the podcast now, but I do want to throw in one little last wrinkle. If we do want to have maybe a little bit of impromptu debate here between G2 Esports and Cloud9, which team do you think is the best in the west at least what we're predicting them to be as of the winter and spring splits respectively well <laughs> you you can only imagine one kind of answer from me here i mean i'm a g2 fan you're a c9 fan we're gonna vouch for our own sides here i think that to c9's credit the gap will be smaller this year i think that they as you said have patched up the hole that mns was and the the roster just seems more well-rounded for sure like, you know, Zven was good as, as a support, but now they have a more experienced support too. So the, the gap between them is smaller this year, but I'm going to have to go with a G2. I, I think that they, like, it, their their performance at Worlds last year was just an underperformance. They, they were the best, and they lost because energy just was better on the day. And... I think that this year, with a year under their belts, they've had the time to reflect and develop. They're going to be better. I think they will beat C9 if it ever comes to that. Yeah, I mean, if you really are like looking at it objectively, then you still probably would favor G2. Overall, because the LEC is a more highly regarded region in general in terms when it comes to you know the teams and the overall talent level na has kind of you know really slipped back into that fourth you know best of the major regions of the lck the lpl 
LEC and LCS. So you would give, you know, again, obje purely objectively speaking, you would give G2 the, the advantage. I think if you wanted to, to break it down, like at the very least player by player, you're probably taking Broken Blade over Fudge. I don't know exactly how big that gap is, but I'd assume you'd probably favor Broken Blade. Blabber versus Yike, I think, is, is very interesting uh, as well as... actually. I would say it's actually JoJo Pin and Caps would be interesting as well. I'd probably still favor Caps over JoJo. Um, Blabber versus Yike, though, I feel like I'd, I'd probably give the edge to Blabber there. Berserker, I'd, I would definitely give the edge uh, over Hansama, especially hearing your like hesitations on him. Um, but as for Mickey X and Vulcan, I'd probably give it to Mickey. I'd probably give the overall pairing, at least for now, to Hans and Mickey because they've also had that year of time together already. So it probably is a slight advantage to G2, but if G2 can't beat the second best team in NRG at Worlds last year, then they should get shattered by Cloud9. So it's, I think it's C9 for sure. Okay, you've had your banter. We'll see when MSI comes up. We'll see when Worlds comes up. I'm sure that both of our teams will be at both of those tournaments. and They I just, better be. Otherwise, one of us is going to be really upset. Yeah, that, that would be more than a disappointment. But either way, I think G2C9 should be at both. Uh, it'll be sad if they're not. And I pray for the day that they will face each other so I can finally say that G2 is the best in the West. So another quick tangent, but K-Corp go to Worlds. What? Where is Worlds this year? Did they announce that yet? I forget. Europe. <laughs> Don't let K Corp go to Worlds, please. There's not going to be <laughs> any fans in the stadium other than K Corp. They will literally bot the websites. They're going to get all the tickets. Please, for the love of God, do not let K Corp go to Worlds. It it, it is not going to end well for anyone because they're they're going to go there, right? And and hey, let's just call it what it is. They'll probably get knocked out in Swiss. And whatever city that they're, they're they're playing in will be immediately burned to the ground when they lose. That would be Berlin because they will be using the new and improved LEC studio for Swiss. <laughs> well, so. well, LEC, that, that, that was not the season to invest however many thousands or millions of dollars into that stadium. Very poor timing for me to let K-Corp into the league and have Worlds be in Europe and renovate your stadium. You're going to have to rebuild it next year immediately. Could not agree more. Oh, boy. And with all that out of the way, we've had our memes, we've had our fun, we've had the power rankings here today. A big thanks, as always, goes to all of you for sticking around till the end and continuing to support us. You know the drill. First of all, drop a follow here on Spotify. We will be continuing to come out with regular updates as the seasons progress. We've got the LEC coming up very soon, LCS just a week after that. So keep us keep up in the loop here on Spotify. And then also rate us five stars if you've enjoyed. The positive rating would go a long way in supporting us. And then last but not least, drop us a follow on Twitter at NoRival underscore esports for all of our other esports related banger content, as well as an opportunity to share your thoughts and opinions with us. Now, stay tuned. We'll be coming as the season continues. Stay tuned.